have my first return guest with me today. Uh, a year ago when we started this program, I interviewed Manny Ramirez from the Fort Worth Police Department. And, and we were just a couple of months in uh, to the post-George Floyd era of policing. And, and Manny and I had just so many serious things to talk about. So I thought that we would revisit that conversation and uh, see how things are in Fort Worth and talk about how things are going around the country. So Manny, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Betsy. It's great to be here. And uh, and yeah, I, I remember vividly our conversation a year ago and and my how, my how things change and, uh, and time flies, but I hope everything is going well over there and uh, things are good down here in Texas. Well, that's fantastic. And we're, we're fortunate. Uh, my husband and I travel and train uh, Texas police officers and uh, we're back in the classroom and excited to be doing that. And uh, so Manny, you've had some changes happening in your life and your career, but first I wanna talk about um, just for a minute, your career with the Fort Worth Police Department. You're uh, currently a sergeant. Um, just tell us a little bit about your career for a minute. You know, I, uh, I caught the bug when I was in college, uh, you know, roughly 15 or so years ago and, uh, and, and decided that I didn't want to go into the corporate world. I wanted to be a cop. And so I, uh, I jumped in with both feet then. And, and I love being a police officer. Uh, did some time in, in our gang enforcement unit. Did about five years there. Did some time as a robbery detective. Um, did some time as a sergeant. And then uh, most recently, I've been serving as the POA president uh, for the last five years. And, uh, and really, you know, every single role that, that I, I take on in, in the department uh, is really one of those roles where you see, where can I, where can I do more to help? Uh, I think all of us police officers, we're type A's, we want to get out there and we want to help our communities. And then whenever you get into the job and you recognize some of the, some of the forces that are against even your own officers, um, that, that if you have a certain skill set and you're able to help, then, then you owe it to not only them, but you owe it to your citizens to jump in and do it too. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I love the Fort Worth Police Department. Uh, I love my brothers and sisters that are out there every single day uh, working hard to keep our city safe. And, and you know, right now we're, we're proud to be fighting for them as, as we're going through one of the roughest stretches for law enforcement uh, in, in our history. And so, uh, I, and I, I thank you for everything that you're doing um, you know, to advocate and be the voice for the voiceless, because, you know, a lot of officers don't want to stand up and speak. Um, and so you, you, you do an incredible job, Betsy, and I'm, I'm very thankful for what y'all do, too. Thanks, Manny, so much. And, and here we are. You're in you're in Texas. Now you're in the Metroplex. You're in yeah. Fort Worth. But, um, you know, Austin, Texas, uh, which is just a couple hours away, is kind of the epicenter of the defund the police movement. And I know I don't know if everyone knows this nationally because they think all oh, Texas, you know, is is uh, pretty much a red state. But the Austin, Texas Police Department really successfully defunded their police department, didn't they? They did indeed. Uh, you know, and in Fort Worth, up here in Tarrant County, we we are the only um, large metropolitan area that is run. Uh, by Republicans. Uh, we just elected a brand new mayor uh, in May that, that makes us the only uh, city in the top 20 that is run by a Republican. And so uh, down in Austin, it's a different story. Um, you know, they are run by, by you know, out, out, in the, out in proud Democrats. And, and, you know, usually they're nonpartisan races, but uh, they make no bones about it. And uh, yeah, they cut over $100 million from their police department including their motors unit, their DWI unit, several, several detective bureaus. Uh, and the results have been catastrophic. I mean, Betsy, all we've seen is 
rising violent crime, rising homicides, and and uh, and those officers down there, they 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 need help. Um, you know, they're at last count. I want to say 500 officers short, and and you know, you can't run an effective organization without without personnel. But uh, but nobody's signing up to do the job. They're they're not signing up in Tarrant County, and so they're for damn sure not signing up in Austin. See, and that is so sad because, like, when you started on the job, when I started on the job, um, and really up to about a year and a half ago, if you wanted a police job anywhere in this country, you had to compete with a lot of people. I, I remember when I applied, they were taking four people, and there were hundreds and hundreds of applicants, and that was the same with you, right? Absolutely. I mean, because everybody wanted to be a cop. When I took the civil service test in Fort Worth, Texas, I took the test with a thousand people. Um, and that was for one class of 50. We took a thousand people took that test and tried to sign up to do it. And we were very, very selective uh, because we could be. And, you know, it's a long process to become a cop in Fort Worth, Texas, where our academy is nine months long. And then once you graduate the academy, you've got three months of field training. So you're not out on the streets for a year. So you're signing up to put your life on pause for a year to, to learn how to be a policeman. And, and like, like you said, I mean, back then it was a coveted job. It was something that folks really felt a calling to do and, and the desire to do now. You know, I think that we're blessed for every single one of uh, the new police officers that sign up and want to do it today because it's hard. I mean, you're not only contending with, uh, you know, the societal pressures, but now you've got at home. I mean, imagine what someone's spouse would say if they went home and said, hey, honey, I want to be a police officer. I mean, that's a difficult conversation given everything we're up against. Absolutely. And and so you are the president of the Fort Worth Peace, uh, Police Officers Association. And a lot of people, you know, uh, who don't know much about police unions say, oh, these are evil police unions who keep bad cops on the job. And uh, nothing could be further from the truth. And one of the things I want to emphasize to people, and I know you share this, is nobody hates a bad cop more yeah. than good cops. And that's not what a union does. Can you talk about what you do? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, and, and you know, one, one of the, the godfathers of, of the union movement, the police union movement in Texas is Rhonda Lord. Uh, and he's a, a very good mentor of mine. He actually founded CLEAT uh, and, and was a, a tremendous labor leader for decades. Um, but as he tells it, and, and he's absolutely right, I mean, police unions are the only reason why we have professional standards. We're the ones that advocate for more training. We're the ones that advocate for more education uh, because we recognize that the job is very, very difficult. And if there's barriers to entry, you're going to get better applicants and better folks that are out there serving our public. So I, I make it very, very clear uh, anytime I talk about what the Fort Worth Police Officers Association's focus is. And number one, it's on public safety. It's on making sure that we have the safest city in the safest county in the safest state possible. And the way we do that is by having solid wages, benefits, and working conditions to lure the best police officers that we can get um, because they're not growing on trees anymore. And, uh, and if you have a, an association that'll stand up for you whenever you're right, and an association that will protect your due process rights, even if you're wrong, um, that, that's, what, that's what you need in an association. But you're absolutely right. Nobody hates a bad cop more than a good cop. Uh, and, and I've made it very clear to our members, I've made it very clear statewide and nationally uh, that we don't defend bad behavior. If, if, if an officer's out there violating somebody's rights, they're not one of us. But if they're out there doing their job and something doesn't look good on a camera, but they're doing it in policy and they're doing exactly what they should be doing to keep the public safe, 
then we have an obligation as a society to stand up for them and say, you know what, they're putting it on the line for us. And this might not look good on a 30 second video clip, but you know what they're doing their dang job and we've got to support them. Well, that's the thing, use of force by police officers never looks pretty. It's never no. going to look pretty. But when, you know, we don't decide the level of force. Yeah. When somebody resists us, runs from us, tries to fight us or attacks an innocent citizen, we have an obligation to respond, right? And that doesn't always look pretty. Absolutely. And, and you know, I challenge our, our elected officials. I challenge our command staff. I challenge everybody who wears a star on a collar uh, to get out there and support the folks whenever it does look bad, because that's when they need support. Because you're right, use of force is not pretty. Use of force is ugly, but it's not officers that are that are driving that uh, that action. I mean, it's it's a response. We we literally call our 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 training defensive tactics. That's what it's called because you're on the defensive. Um, so so like I said, I, I think that overall the narrative has to shift. And whenever we see that type of uh, radical movements start attacking officers for things that look bad, we've got to be willing to stand up with our backbone and say, no, this officer was justified. This was correct. And, and you know what? Our good citizens want us to do that. Uh, Betsy, I recall during the, the protest that we had in downtown Fort Worth, we had about 40, 40 solid days of protest in the wake of George Floyd. And, uh, and, and it wasn't citizens calling me saying, hey, Manny, you guys need to, to stop. It was citizens calling me saying, Manny, we're scared. We want more police in our streets because we're afraid that our city is going to burn. Please reassure us that it's not. Please be tough on crime. This is what our good citizens are calling in and saying to us. They want us out there more, but they're being drowned out by the loud anti-police voices. Well, and the loud anti-police voices are really in the minority. There, there was just a poll that just came out a few days ago that talked about People throughout the nation, whether they are, you know, Hispanic, Black, White, Asian, whatever, they all want more police. None of them wanted less police. I mean, a tiny, tiny percentage. The majority wanted more police in their neighborhoods, more police on their streets, because now with this terrible, violent crime uh, surge that we're seeing all through the United States, People are, they're afraid because they, you know, they can't go to the store. They, they can't leave their homes in a lot of urban areas. It's really frightening. And they know that the only, uh, the only help they're going to get is from local law enforcement, right? I'm sure you see that in Fort Worth. Absolutely. And, and you know, in Fort Worth and Tarrant County, though, we are a little, a little more um, blessed than, than most. Uh, in the middle of George Floyd, in the middle of all of the, the turmoil and the protests, uh, we had an election, uh, and that was up for our Crime Control and Prevention District, which is a half-cent sales tax that funds part of our police operations. And that represented about a billion dollars over 10 years. And so this is directly asking the question to our citizens, do you want to defund the police? And this was in June of last year. And our citizens, by, by a 65% margin, said, absolutely not. We want to fund our police, and they voted to renew that crime tax for 10 years. And so that was a, a visible sign. I mean, you could put your finger on that and say, look, citizens in Fort Worth, citizens in Texas, citizens in Tarrant County, they support their police. They want more of them and they want folks to be to have zero tolerance on this on these violent crimes. And, uh, and so, like I said, I think that that's a model that can be replicated across the country. It's just we've got to got to open everybody's eyes and make them realize that, you know what, 
if you do support the police, if you do want uh, a very, very safe cities, then you've got to stand up and fight for it because the minorities out there fighting, you know, the, the, the loud anti-police voices, they're out there, they're charged up and they're energized. So we need just as equally to have folks that, that have our backs that are up there leading the charge also. Now, Manny, there's a saying that says all politics are local. And, and one of the things that we've been hearing um, really since uh, last November is that people need to start getting involved in their own local politics. And I know I have read statements by you and various articles where you encourage, especially first responders, veterans, to, to not just talk about getting involved, but to really get involved. And to that end, um, you're getting involved yourself, aren't you, in some local politics? Well, well I'll tell you, you, you're right, Betsy, for the last five years, um, you know, I have encouraged my membership, I've encouraged statewide police officers and veterans uh, to get involved politically, uh, wherever they can, uh, wherever they, if they live in a small town or if they live in a small county, to jump in, get involved on a school board, get involved on a city council. Um, because I'll tell you, these folks that hold elective office, they're public servants. And who better to serve than folks that are already public servants and, and folks that have are doing it for the right reasons. And police officers and veterans, um, those folks know a thing or two about service. Uh, now, now in Tarrant County, uh, I am, uh, like you said, I've, I've been encouraging this for the last five years and, and I'm finally putting my money where my mouth is. Uh, and I'm running for county commissioner in Tarrant County. Um, you know, folks, folks don't really understand what county commissioners do. They don't understand what the county commissioner's court system does. Uh, but I think last through the last year through COVID, it kind of lifted the veil and folks recognized, wait a second, who's making me wear a mask? That's my commissioners. Who's shutting down my businesses? That's, that's my county commissioners. Uh, but I'll tell you, one of the most alluring parts of the job that, that folks don't recognize is county commissioners control district attorney's budgets. And across the nation, what you see is a lot of our criminal justice problems are due to district attorneys pleading out cases and making sure that things don't get prosecuted or judges that are setting very low bonds. Well, who controls the judges' budgets? Your county commissioner's courts. And so if you have those, those tools, the tools of the purse strings, then you can effectively um, control what happens in your county with public safety. So if you have a lot of gangs, I can approach my DA, and we've got an incredible DA in Tarrant County, but I can approach my DA and say, hey, do you need four or five more gang DAs to prosecute all these cases? And if she says, absolutely, she's not going to turn them down. She says, absolutely. Well, that's something your commissioners can affect. And so uh, I really caught the bug. And it's not a uh, out there position where you're on the front page of the news every day. But you know what? It's an impactful position. And, uh, and I think that's what our police officers need to be looking for, are where can you make the biggest difference uh, in your sphere? And in Tarrant County, I found it in, in commissioner's court. Well, and you bring up a great point because the National Police Association talks about this all the time uh, about the deprosecution of uh, cases that we see around the nation, <clears throat> excuse me, in these, especially in large urban areas. And again, you, you guys are kind of an anomaly in Tarrant County where you have a good relationship with that prosecutor. I mean, people, people should look at Travis County, which is where Austin is to see the difference in focus between Tarrant County and Fort Worth and Travis County in Austin. In, in fact, in Travis County, one of the things that um, uh, CLEAT, which is the um, police union that you guys are affiliated with, 
did was expose how the tra the Travis County Prosecutor's Office was going hard and fast at looking to prosecute who? Cops. And trying to find somebody who would specialize in that. And I know that that's, you have the, a different type of experience in Tarrant County, don't you? Absolutely. You know, and, and like we mentioned earlier, I mean, nobody hates a bad cop more than a good cop. So if a cop has violated somebody's rights, if a cop has broken the law, uh, then, then they need to be held accountable just like anybody else. Uh, but, but to go after good, solid police officers in Travis County for political expediency, that's absolutely unacceptable. And, and you know, I'm very glad that Cleet shined a spotlight on that and, uh, and really exposed what was going on, because you're right, it's, it's terrible. I mean, we actually have a member of mine uh, who's in our motors division. One of his sons is affected down there in Austin. He's an Austin police officer. He's affected by that DA where it was a use of force case that happened three years ago. No discipline from the department. Grand jury declined to, to indict. He got no build. But this Travis County DA got elected on a promise that he was going to prosecute cops. And what does he do? He brings that case back up three years later to prosecute him. And so it's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's a waste of taxpayer dollars. Uh, and more importantly, it's, it's demoralizing for an entire community of police officers. And, and that type of action doesn't just affect Travis County. My cops here in Tarrant County, they see that and they say, man, the world must be against us because that is a visible signal. That's why things that happen around the nation matter. It's not just local things that matter. So in Tarrant County, we do have it good, but it's very intentional. We are very intentional when it comes to being politically engaged via the, the, the POA. I mean, we, we, like I said, we had that election last year. We just had a, a mayoral election where we supported a very pro-police candidate and she won. Um, so I think that every single one of our associations has to be plugged in and engaged because like I said, the, the, the radical anti-police folks, they are, they're engaged and they're fighting. So if we're not, we're missing the boat. So how will you balance, um, you know, should you get elected, or should I say when you get elected um, to the Tarrant County Commission, how will you balance all of these duties, being a police officer, being the union president, and then being a county commissioner? How does that work? You know, I think that uh, once, once I take the office, uh, and, and the election is a March primary, March 22, and then a November election, so, so I wouldn't take office until January of 23. Um, but once I take office, I mean, one of the luxuries that we have here in the Fort Worth Police Officer Association is that we have a, a, a broad depth of talented leaders. And so we, we've been very good at secession planning, making sure that folks are, are, are very uh, well aware of, of the drivers in our city, the drivers in our county. Uh, and so they can take up the mantle um, right behind me. You know, it's not in our association, it's not about one person. And, uh, and so while I'm honored to do it while I can, I recognize that, that no one person should do it forever. Um, there has to be a continual turnover of ideas. So uh, like I said, I, I think that Fort Worth is gonna be great. Uh, Tarrant County is gonna be great. And uh, I'm just hoping that I can contribute wherever I can. So Manny, talking about leadership, you know, we, we, there's a frustration by police officers around the country in some areas that their leaders, their chiefs, sometimes their sheriffs, um, don't speak out loudly enough, strong enough. And again, like we were talking about, don't seem to really back up their cops. What, what would you say to those leaders? You know, that 
Betsy, they need to lead, follow, or get the hell out of the way. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. I, I think, you know, in, in a in a time where we have violent crime spikes all across this nation, and you're seeing failures of leadership all across this nation by police chiefs that are that are castigating officers for political expediency. I mean, we have to have citizens that stand up and demand uh, that we hold those chiefs accountable. Because ultimately, you know, it's not your individual beat cop. Uh, that affects the broader strategy. It's not your individual beat cop that's telling, you know, hey, let's go hit that drug house. Let's go find this murder suspect. That's that's brought down from the administration. So, I mean, we have to have leaders with backbones that are willing to stand up and, and fight for their troops and fight for their officers that are out there doing the job every day. Uh, but I'll take it one step further. I, I don't put the blame solely on these chiefs. I put the blame on the elected officials, the mayors, the city councils, uh, even their appointed city managers who actually hire these people. They're the ones that are hiring these police chiefs, knowing that they don't have the skills to do the job. Um, you know, and I think that they do it for a reason so that they can control them. Now, now one thing that, that I, I always reiterate here in Fort Worth, and I tell this to my chief, I say, chief, you know, my job is to make sure that you are as powerful as you can be. I want you to be the most powerful chief in the country. You have the power to hire, fire, set policy, and leave the politics to us, leave the politics to the unions, leave the politics to the politicians, and you go be a chief. Give us strategies to reduce violent crime, make sure you hold bad apples accountable, do what you've got to do as a chief, but please don't make decisions for political reasons. Manny, we're going to keep following your career and your run for Tarrant County Commissioner. Uh, and we appreciate you spending time with us today. And if you would like more information about the National Police Association, visit us at nationalpolice.org. Put the gun down! Put the gun down! Last year, law enforcement officers were involved in hundreds of thousands of use of force incidents. A use of force incident is when an officer must use nonverbal tactics to gain control of a dangerous situation. Put the knife on the ground. In many cases, officers have no choice but to use force when a suspect doesn't comply with a lawful order. Use of force is always ugly. No one likes it, especially police officers. Together, we can help de-escalate these dangerous encounters. Help police officers by complying with their lawful orders. Don't attack, attempt to disarm, or flee from an officer. Use of force is an officer's last option. Most incidents can be avoided by not resisting arrest. If you feel you've been wrongfully detained by a police officer, then seek a legal solution after the encounter has been resolved. Let's keep everyone safe. Comply now and complain later.